if you are a new business owner, you know, we have perspective in a sense that in the moment, like you don't realize how the little things all tie into the big things. Yeah. And now it's like we can look back five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, like all those times that it didn't work out and how in that moment we were just devastated. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, like this is the end of the world. God had a better plan, a bigger plan yeah. for you. Welcome to another edition of the Seed Time Living Podcast. My name is Bob Lodick, and I am so glad you are here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope you are having a great drive to work or from work or cutting the grass, whatever you are doing right now. Hope you're enjoying it and having a good time with it. And today's episode is a little bit different. I'm bringing you in on an interview I did with a good friend of mine who lives in Nashville here. Uh, his name's Jeff Rose. He's a certified financial planner and a great guy, fellow believer. And today we're talking about five different ways that being a Christian, being a believer has helped us with our businesses. And this is something that I really enjoy talking about because I find that there are a lot of businesses, a lot of business owners who may not even be believers, but who are tapping into some of these biblical principles and who are reaping the benefits, even if they don't even realize why. And so as Christians, I think we have such a huge opportunity to tap into this biblical wisdom and these biblical principles and apply them to our businesses and to see some really great results. And so Jeff and I both are aware that there are far more than five, but these are just kind of the five that were floating to the top of our minds as we were kind of thinking about this. And so I'd love to hear if you have any others you'd love to add, so definitely reach out to us, let us know. But these are our five that we're going to share with you today. Hopefully you find them helpful. So with all that out of the way, let's dive right in. What's going on, everybody? So I am here in my buddy Bob's office. This my is office. his work domain where all the magic happens. Obviously, for us, like being a Christian has meant so much to us in our personal lives, with our family, with our friends, yeah. you know, just the way that we live life with intentionality. But with this video, what we want to talk about is how being Christian, how being a Christian has helped us build better businesses. Yeah, and I think a lot of people miss out on some really incredible ideas here in the Bible. You know, it's this book that's thousands of years old, but so much of it is still relevant for us today. And if you look at some of the most respected businesses in the world, you'll find a common thread, and a lot of them actually operate under biblical principles, whether they even know it or not. So what we tried to do to the best of our ability that, you know, this could have been 37 ways <laughs> that being a Christian has helped us, but really we just want to break it down to the top five ways yeah. and just incorporate some of the scripture, also personal stories, personal examples that we hope that you can just take note of and hopefully apply that to your life in the way that you're working and building your business. And I'm sure there are tons that we are going to miss, you know, but like Jeff said, these are going to be our top five, like ones that just kind of stand out and stick out to us. All right, buddy, why don't you get this kicked off? All right, so number one is a compassion to serve others. There are so many different examples that I, I want to share and I'm going to share, but I think even just growing up, my grandmother always talked about the golden rule, you know, yeah. like treat others how you want to be treated. And so simple, yet obviously in today's world, we don't see that happening. Yeah. And just treating others how you want to be treated, you know, Matthew 7, 12 you know, says, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. And I know when I think about a specific business example, I think we all can relate to the satellite company, the internet provider, the electrician, the service provider who's supposed to come to your house between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. and they don't show. And they don't feel the need to call you to tell you that they're not going to show. <laughs> 
Like, yeah. how frustrating is that? And I know with me, you know, building my financial planning practice, people want to know what's going on with their money. Yeah. You know, so if a, if a client is expecting you to call them back the next day, you call them back the next day. Yeah. Or if you don't have an answer for them yet, you call them to give them an update on what's going on. You want that update. I want that update. So I want to make sure that they got that update as well. So if we look at a business example that we all can kind of relate to, you can look at Amazon.com and what Jeff Bezos did there. And he essentially created a business where they were focused 100% on their customers. And the approach he took was, how can I serve customers better? How can I make sure that each customer is being treated just like I would want to be treated? And so as a buyer, he added in reviews on his site, which was just kind of groundbreaking at the time. And so many businesses were probably terrified at that prospect of having reviews from customers on their site for products, but he did it anyway because it was beneficial for the customers. And if you look at their decisions over and over again, they've always been based on the customer and clearly they've had a little bit of success, right? Absolutely. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. So another personal example that I can speak to is we go back to Matthew 18, 21 as the parable of the unforgiving servant. And I'll go ahead and read that. So then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him as many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. How does that work in business? Well, I got a few (laughs) and and I could speak to it from the client perspective, the customer perspective perspective. I can also speak to the competition. And I just had cases where I'll speak to the competition where other financial advisors would speak of me in not so good terms, you know, like that I wasn't the best financial advisor, that I charged too much, that I didn't do, I didn't offer what they offered. And I could have easily played that game and started to talk bad about them and say how I'm better than them. And I had clients that I worked with that we just wasn't a good fit. And that was pretty well established over time. They would then leave and kind of just voice their disgruntles and just because it wasn't a good fit. Yeah. Once again, I could have, stu- I won't say stupid their level, but I could have easily just went there and just let all that negative energy affect me. Mm-hmm. And instead it was, no, like that's, that's their belief. That's how they feel. I'm not, I'm going to forgive them. Yeah. 77 times. And instead of focusing all my negative energy on that, you know, I'm going to refocus the positive energy on the people that want to work with me and the people that enjoy working with me and, and just get all the the negative bad mouthing out. Like it's it's not going to affect me and my business and how I live my life. It's just not beneficial. It's just not beneficial. And, you know, so if you have a business and and you're, you're going to have that, you're going to have customers that are going to leave you you know, negative Google reviews or negative on TripAdvisor, or you're going to have competition talk about you in a way that is probably not truthful. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a point where you want to stick up for yourself if it's like complete blasphemy. But if it's just the little things here and there, like just just move on. So number two is owning your work, aka working hard. And this is a biblical principle just kind of laid down all throughout the Bible. Colossians 3.23 says that we're supposed to do our work heartily, unto the Lord and not unto man. You know, and when we live in a world where everybody's cutting corners, everybody's trying to get rich quick, everybody's trying to get everything as fast as possible. And I think what this means, or at least to me as a Christian, is when I'm working, that I am working 
as if God is watching. And whether anybody is watching or not, I'm working with the same diligence. I'm working heartily unto God and not unto man. And so it doesn't matter if eyeballs are on me or not that I'm doing the same thing. And for me, I remember being in a job that I just hated and it just was sucking the life out of me. And I really felt the Lord kind of encouraged me to just keep working hard and to keep doing my job as well as I could rather than slack off, you know, and I had a bad boss who wasn't real great and, and that wasn't an excuse to slack off and be lazy. I was supposed to, and we all are supposed to continue working hard, even in the midst of that kind of challenge and struggle. I know for me, I think about Proverbs 16.3, which actually is the screensaver on my phone right now. And that says that commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And I can tell you that early on in my career, you know, I wasn't working for the Lord. I mean, I was working for me and what I needed. I'm so thankful that God still blessed me, you know, through that. And which we could talk about grace and a whole other other point. But as I've gotten older and recognized that, that he is first, that I need to put him first. And I just had to put a lot of faith in that he's going to reveal to me what his plan is for me. And in this state of, for the first time, I feel like I've never had control, but I always thought that I did. Yeah. (laughs) But now it's like, I recognize like, I don't have control and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Because I know that he has control. Yeah. So I'm making sure that I'm, I'm putting him first as much as I can. Like, I'm not perfect. I'm not here to tell you I do that every single day, but more so ever in my life, I am. And he keeps rewarding me, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. All right. And for number three, in contrast to number two, uh, this one is all about rest. And I have found in my business that rest has been an, a crucial part to my growth, into idea generation, to the success of the business. And it's just an essential element that we all need to take seriously. So one thing that I do every single year is take a month-long sabbatical. And you may not be in a job or a situation where you can actually do that, but I would encourage you to take some sort of Sabbath kind of break regularly. I think taking a Sunday is a really, really good thing to kind of decompress, but being able to take a long extended period of time has given me so many ideas. So not only has it like allowed my brain to rest, but it, it, it just generates more ideas and oftentimes better ideas. And I have found that the Lord has just kind of blessed me even in the midst of that. And so the first few times I did it, I didn't know if financially if it was going to work out. And I just kept on finding over and over again that it did. In Leviticus 25, this whole Sabbath thing is kind of laid out. And God tells the Israelites, here's the deal. I want you to farm your land for six years and then rest it on the seventh year. And what anybody who understands farming knows that if you plant the same thing in the same ground over and over and over again and never allow the land to rest the nutrients are depleted in the soil. And so it won't bear as much fruit, the plants won't be as healthy, and you'll have to add a whole bunch of artificial fertilizers and things like that to kind of offset that. And God in his infinite wisdom knew this, and we, just like those plants, need a break and we need a rest to recuperate. And that's where this whole Sabbath idea is so incredibly important. And it's one of those things that I think All of us think in our brains that there's no way it's actually going to work out better if I work less. But in my experience, I've absolutely found that to be the case. And you can look at the example of Chick-fil-A. And they have chosen to be closed on Sundays, which is a day that they otherwise would be making a lot of money. It's one of the more profitable days of the week. And yet they have just continued to be incredibly successful and grow like a weed 
And they're just a shining example of this idea of being serious and committing to the Sabbath and taking that rest for them and their employees and how they've been blessed in the process. I know an example for me, you know, taking a rest on Sundays, on the weekends like that, that was fairly easy for me. But taking an off day during the week was, I felt like impossible. You know, Bob's taking a a one month sabbatical and longer as we'll, we'll soon learn. But I, one of the first things I did that was hard for me was I took a free day in the middle of the week. Yeah. And I remember I was so, <laughs> I had so much anxiety built yeah, up right. because like, how do, how do you, how do I do this? And what I learned as a business owner is that it forced me to start thinking about what is going to happen if I'm not there. Yeah. Like what systems do I need to have in place? What staff do I need? What staff do they need to be trained on to take care of if anything that may come up? That was a huge, a huge deal for me, a huge huge milestone that I did that. And the first thing that I found out was it is possible. You know, my my business didn't burn down. I didn't go out of business. So I survived. And then that showed me that, wow, I can actually do this more and more often. Because prior to that, when I took a vacation, I didn't take a vacation. I I was still glued to my phone. I was still on my laptop checking things, making sure clients were taken care of. Like I, I didn't legitimately have like a vacation, a completely unplugged vacation. So taking this sabbatical, recognizing not just on a Sunday, but that if you can take some time off from the business and just put that on your calendar, yeah. you're forced now to figure out those systems that you need to set up to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you bring up a really good point about the systems because that's one thing I noticed from taking this month off. It forces you to create systems and to delegate better, which just puts you in a better position with your business where you are more of the owner of the business rather than one of the uh, essential components, if you will. And so creating those systems has been incredibly valuable for me. And obviously you're seeing that benefit too. So that's just one a side benefit, honestly, that comes out of it. You don't realize how much more you are present with your family. Oh yeah. How much more present you can be, you know, in his presence in those times of prayer and worship mm-hmm. that you're not thinking about all those little things that could happen that will break, may break, that will cause yeah. Yeah. who knows what. They're gone. I mean, not immediately, but you start recognizing that you start stressing out about it less and less and less. Yeah. All right. Number four is to exude diligence. Now, diligence is one of those words that often is kind of hard to explain or define. So I'm just going to read the definition. So diligence is having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duties. So with the first point, we were talking about working hard, you know, and just giving it your all. What we're talking about here is, is really caring about your yeah. work and being passionate about your work. And in Proverbs 10, 4, it says, Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. And I just think about in all of the areas of my business that if I ever got bored or you talked about, you know, with your job, how you got to the point where, man, I'm not, I know that this is not my calling. I'm going to work hard and do what I'm supposed to do, but I feel like there's something else out there for me. And just recognizing 
it just being compassion. We talk about compassion, but just caring about your work and what you do and just being excellent in what you put your work into. Proverbs 21.5 says that the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. And I know for myself, if I look back on some of the stupid business ventures that I ran after, some of them were clearly or should have been clear to me that they were get-rich-quick schemes. And I just didn't realize that. And I thought, oh, I can just do this little tiny bit of work and it's going to turn into something really big. And, And it just never really did. But if I look at the business that I started where I was diligent working day in and day out, and not quitting and, and just sticking with it, like that's where I've seen success. And uh, I'm, you know, you've had the same story, right? Yeah, yeah. There's been so many times, like early on, where there was those get rich quick companies ideas that, oh, I'm going to do a little bit of work and it's going to be fruitful and I'm going to be living the high life. But now seeing that it was the areas of business that I did devote, you know, my time in and was diligent and perseverance and, and grit is another word that comes up, but just basically I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to focus on this because I want this to succeed, yeah. you know, not just for me, but just for you know my family. And just because I, I took pride in that, you know, and took pride in really devoting my time and energy into seeing something succeed. Yeah. All right. And number five is remembering God's timeline and really just kind of taking a long-term approach to things. Genesis 8.22 says that there will always be seed time and harvest. And what I take that to mean is that almost everything God does starts with something really small. And almost every great thing begins as something really, really small. And it says in the book of Zechariah, not to despise the day of small beginnings. So one of the things that has helped me as a Christian with all this in terms of business is just knowing that these small things can become big things and not to focus on the fact that it's small right now, but to just stick with it and and think long term with it. And like we were talking about with some of the other principles before, just continuing to work, continuing to be diligent, continuing to serve your customers and do all these things, but do it over and with a long-term perspective. And personally, I can remember making the first seven cents with my business. It was an AdSense click that somebody generated on my website. And I remember being so thrilled and basically jumping up and down, running around the living room, high-fiving my wife. And the reason I was so excited is because I knew if I could make seven cents with this, and then if I kept going from there, I could make $7. And I knew that if I just kept at this and continued to be diligent and continued to work hard, viewed it with a long-term perspective that it could actually turn into something. So I think one of the things that we have that if you are a new business owner, you know, we have perspective in a sense that in the moment, like you don't realize how the little things all tie into the big things. Yeah. And now it's like we can look back five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And it's easier from us at this point. Easier to see like all the little things, like all those times that it didn't work out and how in that moment we were just devastated. And like when you got laid off, like, oh, my gosh, like this is the end of the world. But now like that because God had a better plan, a bigger plan for you. And to be able to like look back and see like how, how all those little things all tied into all these bigger moments. But I'll tell you what, it's it's still a struggle like in this moment to because you don't yeah. see all that. And you go to, to John 20, 29, and it says, you know, blessed who have not yet seen, but believe. And we haven't seen the end. Like we're yeah. we see it. We're we see process. all the yeah. fruits that we have right now. But I mean, you know, the enemy does creep in. 
and you know whispers those lies of like your business is not going to make it or yeah. something's going to happen this this is not how it's always going to be but we believe that as long as we keep putting him first that he'll continue to deliver yeah. And maybe it isn't as the, the the level that we are now, but we also recognize that we have it pretty good, and like we'll we'll be able to live off whatever God has given us. Yeah, He's always going to provide for us. Philippians four nineteen says that He will always provide according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and that's a great promise. And so yeah, so it doesn't matter where we are exactly, but we're on our journey, and so you know, like you're talking about starting out, you see things a little bit differently. And when you're at the beginning of starting a business, it can be really easy to think and to believe that you're not making any progress. It's not going anywhere. And you do have to know when to quit and when to pivot. Like those are real components of this. But I find from so many people I've talked to about starting a business that one of the biggest struggles so many of them have is that they quit too early and they they just check out. And if they just would have kept on going, like they really were onto something. All right, I hope you found that helpful. Hopefully you got some ideas out of that or, or there were some good reminders in there for you. Definitely check out Jeff's website. It's goodfinancialsense.com and he's over on YouTube as well doing a whole lot of awesome stuff over there. And as always, if you have any suggestions for episodes you'd like to hear, please let me know. I would love to work on creating that for you. But that is all I have for today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Be blessed and I will see you next time. Bye.